Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Right now, who is the baddest man in the NBA? Right now, who is the baddest man in the NBA? I don't even need to go through all the candidates because really there's only one answer. One answer and one answer only, and I'll even give you a hint. Even though there's only one answer. The hint is, it's this guy. You know it. You know it. You know it too. That's how we do it, D. That would be DeMar DeRozan walking back into the locker room after burying another team because that's what he does. You know it. You know it. You know it too. Love that. That's how we do it, D. That's how we do it, D. You know it. You know it. You know it too. And last night, it was the Atlanta Hawks who were on the losing end of this dagger. Alvy, roll it. It's DeMar DeRozan time. Let's see if they double-team him, get the ball out of his hands. DeRozan fires for the lead. Captain's finest does it again. Oh, my goodness. Look, no double-team comes, comes late, spins back, take that with you. DeMar DeRozan is the real deal. You hear the MVP chant. NBC Sports Chicago. You know it. You know it. You know it too. DMVP, if you need him. What an absolute killer. Down one, less than 20 seconds left. He flips the game right on its head. Bucket and one, because this is what this dude does. You give him a look late in the game, and he will end it. He will end you. That's just how it is right now. And to him, the late game heroics are actually pretty simple. Of course, you don't want to be down and had a pressure on yourself, try to pull out a game. But when you're in those moments, you got to, you know, you got to take it on. You know, um, I love the moments. I love the challenge. I love the opportunity. You know, it's fun. It's fun to me. I can see it. I can feel it. It is fun to him. Of course it's fun to him. But it's a kick to the package to the guys that he is now doing it routinely to. Eight straight games of 35 or more. Here are the other people in league history who have done that. Wilt. Elgin, Mike, Kobe, LeBron, and James. That's it. Everybody on that team was on the 75th anniversary team last weekend. And now DeMar is in that club. It's a really exclusive club. But still, even saying that is not giving this guy enough credit. He is the best isolation player in the NBA. And not just this year, but for three years now. That's not my take. That's a fact. Check the data. Don't believe me? Check The Athletic. Check Synergy Sports. Then check yourself. Check the data. Check it. Again, that's not a take. That's a fact. That's hard data. He's a better ISO scorer than Harden, than Durant, than LeBron, than Giannis. I'm not going to keep going. But for some reason, for some of you, it just is not sinking in. DeMar is that good. DeMar is that dude. And it's not like he's just chucking up shots during this run. Far from it. He is the coldest sniper anywhere. On his worst shooting night in the streak, he still hit 50% from the field. And it's not like he's inflating those point totals with a bunch of threes either. He's got six threes in eight games. So what he's doing is he's wrecking teams with the mid-range. He's carving you up from a 15 to 20-foot scalpel. With, single-handedly, 
by bringing the mid-range jumper back from the dead and single-handedly almost making Chicago relevant once again. And the people who know, know. The people who matter are taking notice. Draymond posted the shot on his Instagram story with the caption, everybody knew. LeBron, of course, being LeBron, had to jump in. He responds with, we already knew. DeMar is a mother-bleeping beast. End of quote. Yo, King, hate to beat a dead horse, but that mother-bleeping beast would be a hell of a lot better fit than Russ, wouldn't he? But this is not about all that. In fact, all of that actually distracts from DeMar's greatness. So let's get back to it. Chris Paul. Chris Paul on Twitter. Quote, Debo is a bad man. And I love this take. The newest Chicago Bull, Tristan Thompson, kept it simple when he talked about DeMar after the game and said, quote, smooth criminal, man. Smooth criminal. I love that. Hey, Avi, get that ready again. Tristan Thompson asked about it, said, quote, smooth criminal, man. Smooth criminal. I don't know what I like better, the actual quote from Thompson or that dude. JD. Man, JD had a time. JD had a moment. JD had his 15. JD was incredible. JD was getting signs at ESPN game day back in the day as a caller to the program. Shummo. I need more of that, Alvin, in its context. Dude just gave Shaq a huge enema. I had forgotten about that line. JD, you're up. Nice to have you. How are you? Shummo, I'm calling you. Let me stop right there. Hold on. <laughs> The guy back in the day, what year is that, Alvin? So, J.D., we we may not even have a year on that. I'm like, yo, J.D., what's cracking? How you doing, man? Doesn't even address me. Breaks right into song. Listen to this. you're up. Nice to have you. How are you? Shamon, I'm calling you. Pimpin' Fox. What's up, Jay Stu? Yeah. The porn stash rocks. Shamon, come to my room. Up to my dorm. I need eight dudes for watching porn. And your throat alarm ain't nothing when I'm trying to get to you. I know Michael's bed is bumping. Can I bring magic too? Because I'm Chad. I'm Chad. You know it. You know. There's a pervert in the jungle right now. And I tell you once again, it's Chad. That was an unbelievable beef. Between J.D. and Chad in Portland back in the day. That goes back to 2007. And you wonder why people were showing up on ESPN broadcasts on game day with signs shouting out to J.D. That was his finest moment. There's a pervert. Anyway. I had forgotten about that. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Whenever, whenever I say, like, man, I'm telling you, the show is good. This show is still good. This show is still really good. But it will never be as good as it used to be because we will never be able to do things like that ever again. 
shalom. Even Alvin just said to me, and this is totally off the cuff. This was not planned for the open. Alvin's like, uh, dude, I might have to dump it. There might be something regrettable. I don't remember. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, what up, J.D.? The last thing you want to see right now in the NBA is DeMar DeRozan with the ball in his hands late in the fourth quarter. I mean, at some point, and I've got to say this to the Hawks and to anybody else facing DeMar in a tight game, exactly what are you doing? What are you thinking? You know who this guy is. You know how this is going to go. How are you letting that guy get that shot off? What do you think is going to happen if you let him have a look? If he gets any kind of space whatsoever? If the double team does not get to him quickly enough? Man, get a hand in this guy's face. Foul him before he gets a chance to get that shot off. I mean, knock this guy down. Tackle this guy if you have to. If you're going to double him, you can't be late on the double the way the Hawks were. If you're going to half-ass the double team, there is no point. Double this guy when he crosses the timeline or when you're in on the inbounds. Better yet, why are you only sending a double? That probably won't work. Send a triple. Go box and one. Except the box is around DeMar and the one has to cover the other four guys on the court. Do something to get the ball out of this guy's hands. Force somebody other than DeMar to beat you. Do not let him get a look. Because if he does get that look or any space at all, he's going to take it and take advantage of it, and he's going to make it. Listen, credit to DeRozan. I'm not taking anything at all from this guy. I am here to hype him. I'm here to appreciate him. He's not getting nearly enough national love. But... Blame to the Hawks and everybody else who lets this guy get that look. Hawks head coach Nate McMillan said after the game, too much DeRozan. End of quote. Right. At this point, any DeRozan is too much for the league because they can't handle it. They can't stop this guy. You give him a crack, he's going to bust it and you wide open. And by the way, he's doing all of this without two starters and without Alex Caruso. Right. DeMar, first team All-NBA. And in my mind, he should be an MVP candidate. He is in my mind. But I don't have enough faith in the voters to do the right thing because they are still sleeping on DeMar. Just like a lot of you are still sleeping on DeMar. It's got to stop. You should all stop talking about what DeMar isn't and talk about what he is. The coldest ISO player in the game right now. And a guy who's brought the Bulls back into the national conversation. When was the last time that franchise was must-see TV? Because they are right about now. And if you think that they're electric right now, wait until the Caruso does come back. Look the hell out when that happens. The MVP and the bald eagle running together again. I mean, that's almost like Mike and Scott taking the floor yeah i said it you think maybe the lakers could use a guy who grew up a huge laker fan and drops 35 every single night you think lebron you think you might need that guy nah nah why don't we get the outdated aging out toxic Never share the ball, overpriced, brick machine instead. I'm telling you right now, the only guy who can stop 
MVP is out for six to eight. And that's CP3, a.k.a. Point God, a.k.a. Nut Puncher. You want to jab, step, elevate below the circle? Yeah, well, CP will wham, bam, right in the clam. Nicely done, Alvin. Can I get that sound bite one more time? Wham, bam, right in the clam. That's what it sounds like to get smashed in the clam. Welcome to the new NBA. Lob City, yawn. Logo threes, been there. Mid-range, yo. Let that ride, yo. Let that ride. Let that ride, yo. Let that ride. Mid-range killer. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it is nice to have them answered by a real person. You know, somebody who can actually understand your issues and then work to resolve them. In other words, what you do not need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives that are available 24 and 7. No wonder we call it live customer service. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Joe Johnson is my guest. Joe, I've been waiting a while to talk to you. It's great to have you on the program. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. How you doing, Jim? Good, Joe. Good. It is so good to hear your voice. All right, so you're doing great. Yeah. I got to ask, how you feeling after last night's win? Oh, I feel great. You know, we had a great we got a great group of guys, man. We had a great uh, week of good training camp to where we can kind of get acclimated with one another, get some type of chemistry down. Uh, because these teams we playing against, you know, they, they have that cohesiveness already, and they've been playing together for, you know, over five, ten years. We're talking to Joe Johnson. Joe, for those who missed it, you had 18 in last night's win. I'm kind of curious, like you just said, that the guys are trying to come together and gel. What about your approach and your mindset personally going into the game last night? What was that, and then how did it feel to come through the way you did? That felt great. I mean, these are things that, you know, I've been doing, uh, you know, me and my son work out. My son's 15, so he just started high school, so we always in the gym. So, for me, it's just like practice. You know, I go out there and the things that I work on, I just go out there and implement them in the game. Just try to be aggressive, assert myself early, man, and get us going. Talking to Joe Johnson, Joe, you're ahead of me. I was going to ask you because a lot of people are going to be pumped up and inspired by the fact that you're showing up the way you are at age 40. I would say to you, does this feel like remarkable? Or do you just see yourself as a guy who loves to hoop? And if there's a game, you're going to play and you're going to run, and this is just what you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, my, my love and passion for the game uh, is, is, you know, it's crazy, man. I, I fell in love with the game at a young age, and, you know, we're, we're still here. But, yeah, I keep myself in great shape, so I'm able to be able to play at a high level, you know, if need be. You know what I mean? So I'm built for performance. <laughs> I love that, Joe. You are, too. Yeah. And you mentioned that yeah. you and your son are in the gym all the time. So tell me about your son. What's his game like? And then what's it like for you to work out with him? How fun is that? Uh, us working out together, playing pickup together, that's like that's like the best thing in life. That's like one of the, that's one that's another reason why I keep myself in great shape. So, you know, anytime he want to go to the gym, play pickup, play runs, you know, me and him always on teams and we run the court. But He's a uh, he's a sniper, man. He's a shooter. You know, he's a shooter. You give him a, you give him a shot, he's gonna knock it down. So we're just trying to put everything together right now as far as 
you know, his ball handling, playmaking, and, and things of that sort to make him a complete player. I love that. Joe Johnson joining us. Yeah. Joe, you know how it is, right? Like when you're a kid and when you're a son, you always remember that first time you beat the old man, and that's always such a great, great day. Has that happened yet? And if it hasn't happened yet, when is that going to happen? <laughs> you know what? It hasn't happened, but, uh, you know, he it, it it will. gives him something to put – it gives him something to push forward to. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he worked his butt out for for that one day he could just beat me. You know what I mean? And uh, it ain't going to happen no time soon, though. I can promise you that. <laughs> so I, I love that. So, Joe, that day, if and when, and it will happen at some point, maybe no time soon, when that day happens, are you going to be pissed or are you going to be proud or both? No, I'm going to be proud because that means he'll been to learn pretty much everything that, you know, uh, I've taught him over the years or things that he's seen me do against him over the years. Now he's, you know, when he can turn around and do those things on me, then now I know he's, uh, you know, he's picking those things up. Talking to Joe Johnson. Hey, Joe, one thing about last night's game, you guys were down 10 in the first half. You trailed at halftime. I'm curious, what was the mood like at halftime? Like what was said? And then how did you guys go about completely changing the game in the second half last night? Oh, we just had to come out and be assertive early, man. We, you know, we can't sit back on our heels and wait to get hit. And I thought in that first quarter we kind of did that, but coming out in the third, we wanted to be aggressive, uh, get to the get to the free throw line, uh, make plays, get some stops. That's what we were able to do. We were able to get stops and get out and get easy baskets. I think we got like two threes to come out to start the third quarter. And uh, they just kind of fueled us throughout the rest of the game. Joe Johnson joining us. Joe, the coach, Jim Boylan, who's coaching the team, said, quote, you're as professional a player and person as I've ever been around. Like, that's really high praise. That guy's been around the game forever. He also said, quote, you've got a great spirit about you. When you lead with humility, guys will follow you. I'm really curious, because you've played the game as long as you have, because you have this amazing love for the game, how do you approach your leadership role on this team? Man, you know what? First and foremost, just just come out and enjoy the game and have fun. Don't put too much added pressure on yourself trying to come out here and perform great. Just come out here and play hard, energy, and effort, you know, to make up for a lot of mistakes. That's what I just tell guys, you know, because I think when you get in situations like this and you got a lot of guys inspiring to be in, play in the NBA someday because a lot of these guys that I'm playing with play in the G League, uh, you know, that, that their energy and effort on that court will go, you know, Somebody will notice that. You know, you know, not not every team needs a guy to come in and score 20 points. So you got to separate yourself. Hey, Joe, do the kids, do they know that? Like, do they come up like, yo, yo, old head, you don't really know? Or do they know that you know, and are they receptive to it? Like, generally, what are the kids like on that team? No, they're very receptive. Uh, they ask a lot of questions. <laughs> they good. ask a lot of questions, which is good. You know what I mean? It's good because... They want to know. They want to get better. They want to know how they can get better, whether it's, whether it's the diet, how to eat, uh, when to work out, how to work out. You know, it's things of that sort. So when guys, you know, get intrigued about that type of stuff and they come asking me, you know, I, I give them a helping hand. You know, we exchange numbers, we talk about it, and I just try to help the best way I can. I love that. Joe Johnson joining us. Joe, when you came back, I think I speak for a lot of people. When you came back to the NBA earlier this season with the Celtics, man, I thought it was so awesome. I love that you were back with the team that drafted you 20 years earlier. What was that return like for you? Uh, it, was, it was, man, it was, uh, it was kind of emotional. I'll be honest with you. It was kind of emotional, but, you know, it, it was fun for me. Like I, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. So, uh, 
I got that opportunity, and, and I just tried to make the most of it. But I really appreciate Bob for that, and I was able to class at. I mean, Joe, before you go, I thought there were some goosebump moments. I mean, the crowd starts to chant, we want Joe, we want Joe. Yeah, and I then, know. They put, too, they put a lot of pressure on me, didn't they? Yeah, right? So, I mean, did you feel <laughs> Did you feel any nerves, any pressure in that moment, or did it feel pretty normal? Like, what did that feel like? No, it felt normal because, see, my preparation, you know, I, was, I was prepared for that opportunity. You know, it wasn't like I had just been sitting at home not doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I told you I'm built for performance. So, you know, the opportunity just presented itself, and I took advantage of it. I, I love this. You are the epitome of yeah. you don't get ready, you stay ready. Hey, Joe, to find that, when you say you're built yeah. for, for performance, is it just preparation breeds confidence? Is that what you mean? How are you built for yeah. performance? Yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly what I mean. When you prepare, when you prepare and you don't know what's next, like you just you built for whatever moment, you know, comes towards you, uh, I don't think you can fail. Like, I, I, I literally prepared, or, you know, my body is prepared, you know, to go out and perform at a high level, regardless of what it is. Talking to Joe Johnson, Joe, really quickly, in terms of preparation, there's something that I want to ask you about. Like, it's not just the work that you do in the gym to stay ready. You do that. You're also huge now into hot yoga, which is really interesting because you told the undefeated that you were invited to do hot yoga back in 09, and your reaction was, quote, man, I'm not fixing to do no damn hot yoga. So what happened when you finally did go? Because, you know, you can't miss nothing you never had, right? So uh, when they when, when the guy Wally Blaze told me about hot yoga, you know I never done it before, so I'm like, I ain't, you know, it, it didn't like, you know. But when I went that day, and I done hot yoga is, is why I'm able to sit here today and talk to you and tell you about it because it changed my life. So when I tell people about hot yoga and the things that it does or has done for me, uh, believe me when I say, man, it's life changing. Joe, tell me how how did hot yoga change your life? In what way? Well, I I, I suffer I suffer from uh, uh, tendonitis in my knees and my Achilles. I had a little ball in my Achilles back in '09, and uh, Doc told me it was gonna pop if I continued to uh, play on it. So I couldn't do no cardio or nothing like that. So uh, that's why the trainer was like, "Man, you should come do uh, come try hot yoga." So hot yoga changed my life because you know I couldn't run, I couldn't jump, I couldn't do. But going in there stretching, like, after a week of doing that, like, I was 100%. Like, it, it literally healed me. You see what I'm saying? That's actually incredible. Let me ask you this. What's it – okay, so for your body, it's amazing. What's it do for your mind? Oh, uh, mental, mentally, yeah, because I'm in the hot room every day now. So it's about 105 degrees, 40 degrees humidity. I'm in there every day. Mentally, it tests you. Uh, and I think it, it, it obviously makes you strong. I've uh, been through probably the toughest part of my life over the past three or four years, and doing hot yoga daily has definitely got me through it. Uh, it refreshes you. It's a detoxification. It makes you feel like a whole new person after class, I swear. So how long are you in that hot box? Uh, you, do a, you do an ISO hour. Judge One Johnson, hour. Yeah. So an ISO hour, and you finally, Joe, I'm, I'm so glad you shared this. You're so into it. Have you thought about opening up a studio yourself? Oh, it's funny that you say that. I'm in the process right now as we speak of one opening up, opening up my first one in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, 
So, uh, Jim, you, you'll be hearing about it, man. I have to hit you up. Dude, by the way, I need it. You about it. I need it, my oh, man. man. I need it. Hey, hey, you're in the ATL, baby. That's my guy right there, Joe Johnson. All right, so 18 points in last night's win over Puerto Rico. Mexico against USA on Sunday. Joe, so good to get caught up with you. Great to hear your voice, and it's always good to have you on the show. I appreciate you, dude. Thanks, Jim. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Now, does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that allows you to catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Does that sound familiar? If so, let me tell you about a very simple way to get all the entertainment that you love, but without all that hassle. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It also means no juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the very best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. It sometimes does feel a little bit strange to be talking about sports at a time like this and to be having fun talking about sports and to be talking junk. But this is a sports show and it's one where we have fun and we talk junk. But just because it is a sports show does not mean that it's an ignorant show. I know there are much more important things that are happening around the world at this very moment. And I want to acknowledge those things. And I want to say that it's on my mind. I want to say that I'm aware of this. And I am most definitely aware of the story that's been reported of the Ukrainian soldiers who were defending Snake Island in the Black Sea. I want to take a moment, and I want to let Wolf Blitzer take it from here. An officer on the Russian warship apparently approached the island and told soldiers, and I'm quoting now, this is a Russian military warship. I suggest you lay down your weapons and surrender to avoid bloodshed and needless casualties. Otherwise, you will be bombed. To which a Ukrainian soldier responded, Russian warship, go F yourself. It appears that uh, may have been the Ukrainian soldiers' last words. We are told all of the Ukrainian soldiers there, all of them were killed. If that's true, if that's how that went down, then I honestly do not have any words. Russian warship, go bleep yourself, is an incredible statement. An amazing statement of defiance. Knowing what the consequences are and going ahead and saying that is incredible. I mean, I'm blown away by that and have nothing but, frankly, respect for that. That's like something out of a movie. The only reason I'm slightly hesitant is because it does sound like something that Arnie or Sly would say not something that would happen in real life. And there have been reactions from around the sports world to what is happening. The Champions League final has been moved out of Russia and will now be played in Paris. Formula One has canceled the Russian Grand Prix. Ukrainian NBA players have appealed for peace. Former Cal basketball player Jerome Randall is one of the American players who had been playing in Ukraine and is now stuck there. 
And all of it feels both significant and insignificant. Like, it's unlikely that peace will break out because the Champions League final will be held in Paris instead of St. Petersburg. But each entity has to do what they can. But amidst all of this, another statement caught my eye. Hall of Fame boxers, Vitaly and Vladimir Klitschko, posted a message on Instagram. I'm calling to all the international partners to observe this strategy that is happening nowadays in Ukraine and this senseless war, which is not going to have any winners but losers. I just want to tell you we must stay united against this aggression, against Russian aggression. Don't let it happen, continue happening in Ukraine. Don't let it happening in Europe and eventually in the world. United, we're strong. Support Ukraine. Thank you. Now, you might recall that Vitaly is the mayor of Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. He has been the mayor since 2014. He said that he will be taking up arms to defend his city and country. He told British television that, quote, it's already a bloody war. I don't have another choice. I have to do that. I would fight. His younger brother, Vladimir, enlisted in Ukraine's reserve army earlier this month. Vladimir wrote in a post, quote, Now the Russian president is using war rhetoric. He makes it clear that he wants to destroy the Ukrainian state and the sovereignty of its people. Words are followed by missiles and tanks. Destruction and death come upon us. We will defend ourselves with all our might and fight for freedom and democracy. End of quote. Both brothers have been on my shows numerous times over the years. Vladimir would come into the radio studio. I always found him to be extremely engaging. And I always enjoyed those conversations. They were funny, they were charming, and always smart. So smart. Always engaging, always looking to have a good time, always looking to crack a joke, while at the same time being smart as hell. Vitaly's got a PhD, hence the nickname Dr. Iron Fist. Like, it's so strange to me that I was talking to them on JRIB, or even here in the jungle, and now they're in a situation where they're potentially fighting for their lives, defending their city and their country. And don't get me wrong, it's heroic. It's heroic, it's honorable, I admire the hell out of it. And as heroic as it is, I hate the idea that they have to take up arms to defend their city and their country. It's crazy to me that we're talking about this not just as a possibility, but as a reality. And I honestly don't really have any more to say other than I hate the fact that this situation is happening. It's been horrifying from the very moment it started, and it hits even closer to home when it involves a couple of men who I've spoken to numerous times over the years. And they're now making that decision. And I hate that for them and their people and for Ukraine. It's, I would say it's surreal, but it's terrifying. And it's not a potential development. It's reality. It's happening. It's insane. So I want to say that 
this, I know why you come to me. I know why you tune into this show to kind of steer clear of things like that or to get away from that or to get a break from that, to come in here, crack some jokes, talk a little junk, have some fun, and we will do that. I understand what they pay me to do. However, I am somebody with a brain, and I'm somebody who's paying attention to the rest of the world, and to ignore that that is actually happening, I think, is pretty foolish. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Gary Payton II joins us right now. Gary, it's really good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? Thanks for having me. Good. Really good to have you. So you started once again last night, and I got to start here. As an Oregon State star, you received a really nice welcome in Portland. How did it feel to get that reception and then to go out and win by 37? Um, it felt good. Um, it's actually my first time uh, coming back to Portland and, you know, playing um, uh, quite a few minutes and, you know, being in rotation and whatnot and actually get to play in Portland. So, um, you know, uh, in Portland, they, they showed love and, um, you know, came out and uh, gave them a little bit of a show. And thank God, you know, we got the win. Yeah, you did. Now, Gary, I want to get into your journey in a moment because it's really, really interesting. But I want to ask you about the team. You've got the second-best record in the NBA right now, despite the fact that you've yet to play a game with your full roster. Draymond Green and James Weissman are expected back in the coming weeks. Can you give me a sense? How good can this team be when everybody is fit and healthy? Oh, my God. Um, you know, who knows, you know, um, with everybody healthy. We have so many different playmakers, different guys who can do different things and, you know, create in different ways. Um, like last night, uh, we had like eight guys in double figures. So, you know, um, we're, we're deep from from 1 to 15. So we can do anything. And when everybody gets healthy and comes back, Dre and Iggy, there are two, probably our two best playmakers, um, you know, and they're not even on the floor yet. So once they get back, it's just going to be that much uh, simpler and, you know, get back into our, our form where we were in the beginning of the season. Golden State Warrior, Gary Payton II, joining us. So in terms of your journey, I mean, it's really is something because you've had to battle and fight and scratch and claw for literally everything you have in your career. You were a two-time conference defensive player of the year selection, a two-time all-pack 12 selection, yet you went undrafted. I'm really curious, what was your mindset at that point in your career? Um, you know, um, my dad and everybody were just telling me at this point, you know, um, in order, you know, to, 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 you know, go to the next level, um, got to be more aggressively, uh, offensive, aggressive. So, you know, just, you know, try to find ways to, to put that in my game and find out where, where I'm going to be most effective on the offensive end, you know, with, uh, certain teams or just a team in general and, uh, you know, 
find my find my feel in that court on that side and continue to work on my shot and hit open threes, you know, when they're presented to present it. So, Garrett, just so people understand, you've had numerous 10-day contracts and two-way contracts in the NBA, a lot of time in the G League also since 2016. I'm curious, what was that process like? I mean, did you ever, ever feel like, you know, maybe it's not meant to be, maybe the dream's not going to happen? And what kept you going during the dark, the dark challenging times? Uh, absolutely. Um, it, it felt like an impossible task, you know, when I started um, late in high school, prep school, um, junior college, two years at Oregon State, and then, you know, spend five, six years in the G League, you know, just uh, people and people telling you no just over and over again. Um, of course, I had doubts, um, you know, fears that, you know, I wouldn't be able to, you know, accomplish what I put all this work into and, you know, and just continue to, to grind, you know, get told no, uh, go back in the gym, work on what, you know, they're telling me to work on and then come back to my next opportunity and, you know, try to prove and show that, you know, I, I deserve and I can hang in this league. It's incredible, actually, because you're putting in time, like crazy time. You're putting in work every single day, and you're doing so knowing that you don't have a guaranteed contract. But then you spend time with Golden State last season, and you get a partially guaranteed deal at the start of the year. And then you played so well that that was converted into a fully guaranteed deal last month. After all the work and all the stress and all the time, what did that moment mean to you to get that guaranteed money? Did it feel like you finally arrived, or it, what, did it feel like there was still work that had to be done? Uh, I, for sure, work still had to be done, um, but definitely it was a, a a nice lift, you know, off my shoulders just to just to know that uh, I wasn't going anywhere for the rest of the year and I was going to be here for the all eighty two. And um, the summer before, uh, I just told myself that um, you know, I'm not going to leave San Francisco. I'm going to be around even if I'm not here. You know, uh, I asked Bob if I can still come when they let me go and uh, you know, still be a, a, around the team so they can just see me and. They have a feel for, you know, what I can do and what I can bring to this team and help help this team win. So, you know, after that summer, um, I came back in preseason, had that one game in L.A. And, you know, um, you know, just put my my stamp on, on the game. And, uh, you know, they liked it and they kept me. So um, that's just the beginning of trying to find a, a long-term home. And, um, you know, once they said I was guaranteed for the 82, it was just a, a big relief. But uh, still a lot, a lot of work to do. Gary Payton II is joining us. You know, it's interesting you said that people that mattered, like your dad and other coaches, were saying, you know, you just got to be more aggressive. You got to find your shot. Offensively, these are things you have to do. Notice nobody was saying what you had to do defensively. You already figured that part out. And the story goes that back when you were in college, you were working out at the Merritt College Gym in East Oakland, and DeMar DeRozan Mm -hmm. was there. You were matched up with him, and you were getting stops, consistent stops, according to this story. And we're talking about a guy who right now is the best ISO player in the NBA and has been for the past few years. What were those matchups like back then? Uh, in the summer's matchup um, with Demar, you know Dame and uh, other guys who come in there, and you know we just we get to it and and, and get to work, and you know after we play one on ones, and just the comp level of competition, you know from those two guys alone, you know guarding them every day in the summer, you know and just working on my defensive stuff, and you know just them helping them, you know helping me you know, learning the game, just picking their brains and whatnot and picking their brains offensively, you know, without even, you know, knowing, you know, just playing one-on-one, watching them, you know, getting a feel for what they like to do and, you know, how they how they get to their spots. So, you know, Damon DeMar has been a huge, huge factor, you know, in, you know, where my game is right now and just helped me throughout the years 
being able to have those guys, you know, to go to and talk to has has been, you know, tremendous, you know, just huge for me. Hey, Gary, one last thought. You know, you talk about being up there and playing some ball. I've talked to your dad about this. Like, you always talk about New York City guards, maybe even Chicago guards, but then you got the Bay Area, and specifically Oakland. I've talked to your dad. I've talked to Dame. My guy, Brian Shaw, obviously, Jay mm-hmm. Kidd. What, how would you describe the kind of ball, especially in the backcourt, the Oakland guard, that kind of play, that kind of style of play, that toughness? How is that different than other parts of the country when you were coming up, and even now? Um, just from my personal, you know, um, experience, you know, growing up around these guys, you know, they're just, uh, they were just dogs, you know, uh, came, grew up in Oakland, you know, had a fight for, you know, everything, you know, that they have now and, you know, go outside and go to the park and play, you know, it's physical, it's rough, guys get into fights and whatnot, and, you know, that just, uh, transferred over, you know, to when they got, got playing and got in the league, you know, you, they had to have that mindset and that mentality, you know, to survive and, um, you know, being around the Bay, coming here summers, growing up here with my dad, uh, you know, I think that's kind of instilled in me in, in a way. took a little bit longer than expected, but, um, you know, I figured it out, and, um, and you know, it turned out to be uh, a good thing. Right, so last thing, I feel like talking to you right now and watching you play, like you're running, like you're a really, really humble person, and you're having the year you're having. I'm curious, is there any part of you that wants to tell every NBA team that had a chance and pass, how do you like me now? Like, in other words, what kind of fuel are you running on? Are you looking to prove people wrong, or are you looking to prove the people who did believe in you right? Um, more, more so just, you know, proving guys wrong. Um, you know, um, like I said, I've been fighting for five, six years now, uh, different opportunities in many places, and, you know, uh, some organizations just didn't see or uh, gave me a chance, you know, to to honestly show what I can do, you know, on both sides of the court. And, you know, it's just like a, like you said, um, proven wrong moment. I did the same thing with my father. Um, he told me I wasn't a good basketball player coming out of um, high school. And um, I didn't say anything. I uh, just got in the gym and just continued to work, continued to work. And as time come, came by, he uh, slowly started started to get quiet, as shocking as that may seem. But um, he doesn't quite, he doesn't quite, uh, you know, get on me and tell me I'm not a, a good basketball player anymore. But um, just moments like that is just to prove people wrong. Is just that's what keeps me going, and you know, that's just gives me the feel of energy to wake up every day and do the same thing over and over and grind and work on my craft and get better and just uh, continue to show show teams, you know, that they uh, miss on something good. So, Gay, really quickly, since you mentioned that, I was t- it's kind of funny. I was telling a story, and this is on such a tiny, microscopic level, that I was watching my son play yesterday. He's a high school baseball player, and I'm in the stands, and I just I finally let loose, like, go, hey, man, come at him. And afterwards, my son said, hey, yo, Pop, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't want to. And he said it respectfully, but like, that's not helping, Dad. And I'm like, I know. I hear you. I just, I'm just saying, trust your stuff. Anyway, what you just said about your dad, when he said to you coming out of high school, you're not a good player, did it feel like he was coming from a place of love, or did you kind of resent that and not like that? And was that not a good thing to you at that time? And how do you see it now? No, definitely young. When I was a, a, a young guy, um, I didn't. I didn't know how to take it, and didn't know how to handle it. I didn't see that he was coming from a, a spot where he was trying to help, and it was just all love, and he was wanting me to to be great. Uh, I didn't see it at the time. I just took it as you know he was he was on me pretty tough, and you know uh, like I didn't know I didn't know how to handle it, you know. And I told him to to stop coming to my games because I just don't. I didn't know how to handle him talking and 
you know how he gets um with with his talking so um I didn't know how to handle it but as I got older and mature and wiser um growing up in college and then early stages of my career um I understood you know what he was trying to do uh he's a smart guy he's a hall of famer uh I'm pretty sure he knows what he's talking about and you know I just had to find ways to convert that into my own way and apply that to my game in my own way and um you know he did he did a hell of a job of helping me figure that out I think that's just an awesome response by you. I think that's great. So has he since now, now that you're doing what you're doing and doing extremely well, now is he just hugging on you like, hey, yo, my boy, I'm so proud of you. You're the best. Like, what's it like now? Oh, no, I, I don't even, he doesn't even say anything when I see him. When we see each other, we don't even talk basketball, which is the crazy part now. Um, we talk about everything but basketball, so I, I guess I'm doing a, 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 a pretty good job right now. That's it. That's it. I totally appreciate that, too. <laughs> Gary Payton the second, Golden State Warriors guard. Just a great, great journey, great story. And, dude, you're a good dude. Really good to talk to you, Gary. Nice to have you on the show. I Thank you very much. Thanks appreciate for having you. me. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful. You know, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cashback you've earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards, they do make sense. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. The big head himself, James Kelly, XR4TI staffer, needed a couple of weeks to decompress and rest his ginormous cranium after a long season, a season where he did very well. But now he's back, and he's ready to roll yet again. Head, I missed having you around here. I missed having you butcher the English language around here. What's cracking? How you feeling? I'm feeling great, Jim. That is 100% penis, and I'm feeling great, like I just said, refreshed, and that story helps. I love it. We're going to have this guy a part of our life again in 2022. Head, I said, how you feeling? I didn't ask you to rule on the play on the field. <laughs> I'm good. I'm refreshed. That's all you had to say, me. Yes. You are refreshed, yes. clearly. Clearly. All right, so you're refreshed. You're ready to roll. Obviously, without football, it seems to me you're going to have to get creative. Mm. Maybe look at some NBA, some NHL, some MMA, maybe some PGA and other sports. In fact, before we get into this, why don't you just tell me yourself, how are you approaching your gambling life in the next several weeks without any football? Kind of like uh, Bob in L.A., I guess. Face first, all in, Jim, on all these sports outside the NFL. It's head, like head, yeah. head, yep. head. Yep. That's too, okay, dude, <laughs> slow the hell down. down, man, or we will run your ass down. Easy. I'm just excited to be back. My bad, my bad. Wow, my bad. dude. Yes, but we bet year-round, Jim. It's just the NFL has the So stick to that. Okay, yep. NBA, NHL, college basketball. Uh, all of a sudden, now you're golf, like some kind of, all of incredible linguist. Come on, man. <laughs> That's right. All right, so go ahead. Let's once again, how are you approaching the next several weeks? Betting everything, Jim, like we always do. Like my, my, I mean, my point is the NFL always comes first, and on this show, the real estate has to be the NFL, but the second it's gone, we're ready to do anything else, and that's all sports, except for soccer probably, but maybe a little soccer. Who knows? It's all you had to say, Head. That's literally all you had okay. to say. All right, let's get into it. Why don't we start? I'll give you a place to start because I don't trust you to just do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start with the NBA MVP? I okay. like that play. Who is the current favorite? And clones, get this stuff down. Who is the current favorite? Who do you like? 
And how are you approaching that one? So Joel Embiid right now is the favorite to win the award at plus 140, but I see opportunity to go against him with Harden coming back, Jim, and possibly disrupting that incredible stat line. I'm actually hitting two guys. I'm throwing money at the plus 270 on the reigning MVP, Nicole Jokic, the Joker. He has the highest per in the NBA, and he's averaging 26 points, 13.8 boards, and 7.9 assists per game. No player has ever done that for an entire season, and because he's plus 270, I have some money for somebody else, and it comes down to two guys. One's yours. DeMar DeRozan at plus 2,000, and so is Devin Buck Booker at plus 2,000. Booker without CP3 and the best record in the NBA, that's tempting, but I'm going with your guy, man. DeMar, eight straight 35-point games with shooting 50% or better over him. I'm going Joker plus 270, DeMar plus 2,000. Okay, really interesting. So nothing for Joel. Nothing for Joel. Nope. Okay, I respect that. I love Joel, but I, I see the play. I see the value. All right, so I hate to steer you into any particular game, so I'm going to steer you into a particular game, <laughs> Raptors at Charlotte. The reason I'm doing that is because Nick Nurse came on the program yesterday. This is a huge Nick Nurse house, yes. and the Raptors are playing really well of late. Secondly, old man Ritt actually lives and works in the same house. And I know you love to go right at Gramps mm -hmm. and tear him and his teams apart. I'm the so, sports guy. Sports. He's the movies guy. Raptors <laughs> at Charlotte. What is the number? And would you ever, ever throw down with Ritt and anything that he reps? Hell no to that part, Jim. The number is Raptors minus two and a half on the road in Charlotte. I'm laying the points and taking Toronto here. The Hornets are all offense and zero defense like Ritt himself and the rare team who scores more points on the road than at home. The Raptors, they are healthier now and they actually play defense. They do a good job of keeping teams out of the paint where Charlotte excels. And if they could just minimize the Hornets' fast break, I like them here. The Raptors have won nine of their last 11 games and against the spread this is their best spot they are hitting on over 70 percent of their away favorite games let's embrace our inner brennan huff and go against that geriatric bleep brit and his hornets lay the two points right here right when Can't i want to it, give baby. you credit man be careful dude be careful let's see if we can get to the end of the segment before we have to <clears throat> hammer you and run you all right so raptors minus two and a half is there any other nba action that you like right now before i move on I'll actually take the New York Knicks tonight, plus the points at home against Miami. It's six right now. I know New York is complete ass of late, but their team's trends are so dependent on rest and lack thereof. They are rested because of the all-star break, so they should play with energy here, Jim. Both teams also play slow as hell. Their pace of play is bottom five, each team in the NBA right now. The Knicks just have to guard the three tonight because Miami excels there. I'll take a shot. I like them even better without Kimba, too. Let's go Knicks plus six. All right, so I'm going to tell you something right now. You see the head? We can talk things other than the NFL. The head is locked in, dialed in on the association. Once again, I hate to steer you into anything at all, but in the event that you miss this, I can't have you miss this. Philly v. Minnesota. We have to hit this for two reasons. One, James Harden. Two, Carl Anthony Towns. Harden Cat. Harden because he's going to make his debut at the Sixers tonight and cat because well my guy was feeling it when mj rolled up on him during the all-star weekend and started f-bombing him you'll recall <laughs> okay mj came in on violence 
He did come in on violence. Make no mistake. That exchange and Kat's retelling of that story was so much better than anything that happened on the floor during the actual All-Star game. I mean, how can you not love that energy? I have to think, Hey, I don't know about you, but I have to think that when Cat hits the floor tonight, he will come in on violence. And I know he'll love his energy. I say, yeah, I like this energy. Yeah, like I'm going to bet against that guy. The hell I am. I am all in on Cat and the Wolves. But the real question is, how do you see it? It's a good question. The line is Philly minus three right now, and there's some scary against the spread numbers for Cat, Jim, and his guys. There are three worst trends. Uh, are in play tonight, playing a non-conference team, playing after a win, and playing on no rest. They beat Memphis last night, so again, all three three things are in play, but I'm going with you here. I'm going to take the Wolves plus three. That energy that you're talking about, they're filling it up on the defensive end for once. The past three games, they've actually sported the third best D in the association behind Phoenix and Boston. Long run, Philly can't compete for the title, but let's just say it's um, the gelling does not start tonight. Let's go Minnesota playing with violence, plus three. I'm going to be honest with you, Head. Uh, I'm going with the Wolves, and I'm not basing it on anything that's analytical. I'm not looking at the metrics. I just love Cat right now. Yes. I love his attitude. Well, I always love Cat. Yeah, yeah, I love his energy. I love his energy. Cat, and his violence. All right. So no football, no problem. Because in addition to the association head, we have the NHL. We're moving into the end of February. We've been talking more and more hockey on this show. So it's time for you to jump in and get a piece as well. Hit me with an NHL pick. Do you see anything you like? And even if you don't, hit me with one anyway. I like the St. Louis Blues at home tonight against the bu- uh, Buffalo Sabres. Wait, Sanders. wait, wait, wait. The St. Louis Blues or the St. Louis, Louis Battlehawks? Let, let's go Louis. with the Blues tonight. Okay. Okay. Uh, minus the puck line. They are the best team, actually, Jim, in the NHL against the spread at home. They're hitting on 65% of their games. They have depth on offense. They score the fourth most goals per game in the NHL, but it's collective, man. They have several guys who have scored over 40 points already this season. And goalie, Vili so has the best goals against average in the NHL. I'm not sure if he's going to go tonight or Bennington. It doesn't matter. I'm taking the Blues, not Battlehawks, minus one and a half, St. Louis. Dude, you did get rest Thank and did Louis. recover. You sound sharp. You sound prepped. You've done the work. I don't know if you'll get any of those games right, but you sound good, dude. <laughs> I think you did. You sound good. So do me a favor. Hey, just to confirm, we're talking about the Blues, not the Battlehawks. Yes, yes, the Blues. Saint the Battlehawks. Battlehawks. Okay. Yep. All right. I like it. They, when I talk about a triumphant return of big head bets, that I was triumphant. And especially if we get down and we get paid, run it back one more time. If they joined us late or they could not keep up, who are you hitting this weekend? NBA MVP odds, Joker plus 270, DeMar DeRozan plus 2,000. NBA tonight, Raptors minus two over Ritz Hornets. Wait, 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 wait. You got Devin Booker too, right? I'm actually not going to go there. I'm going to go Rosen over Booker. Got it. Okay. Either or, yep. I'm going to go Rosen plus 2,000. Yep. And then tonight's NBA, Raptors minus two over Ritz Hornets. Timberwolves plus three. Dude, it's minus two and a half, right? No, I'm moving down to two right now. What? Didn't you, when you said it, wasn't it two and a half? Uh, earlier, I might have said that. Dude, are you I mean changing too. stuff on the fly? I'm at live lines, I, I can't believe I'm just hyping you and like. Did... I have the line over here, and I'm seeing two right now. Wow! All right. I gotta Good take that. For me. Dude, really confusing. Go ahead. Uh, Timberwolves plus three. I said that right over Harden Sixers. I have no idea at this point. <laughs> Knicks plus six. 
VE. I know you home. said they were ass. I know you yeah, said they, that. They, they were, yeah, what, they where does that show up? Like, is that, is that a prop bet? Ass? Over be. ass, under, yeah. or they're just ass. It should be on the NBA, especially in the stretch run of the season. But can you, you bet know. in ass during games? In <laughs> yeah. games, can you bet ass? <laughs> Before, never mind. I'll stop anyway, right yeah, there. don't, yep. don't, Let's go to the don't. We're, we're already so, we are already so far. We can't unring any of these bells. <laughs> what else? Are we good? St. Louis Blues minus one and a half over St. Buffalo tonight. Louis. See, I would ask you to tweet this, but I'm afraid you'll change it again before you tweet no, it. They're set. Can you they're tweet? Set. Can you stick to it and tweet it? I'm going to stick to no, it and no, tweet no. it tonight, Jim. Yep. Okay. JC, it's the week that was. Roll it, Avi. <laughs> and welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Happy President's Day. Thank you. What are you up to? What do you say we uh, spend a little time together? Mm. Let me start first with the All-Star Weekend. Yeah! I mean, the only thing easier than saying that the All-Star Game sucks is saying that the Slam Dunk Contest sucks. I thought it was Fergie's National Anthem all over again. Actually, I wished it was Fergie's National Anthem all over again because at least that was fun. <laughs> Take a short time out. Hey, Alvi, I don't really think that there is. What's wrong with you, man? Do it. Hey, Alvin, here's the thing. Dude. I can't both host and engineer the show. You're listening to the... Of course, he is the pride of UC Davis. Good friend of the program. He is Howard Beck. What's happening, Romy? Go ahead. Howard and Guard are not happy right now. And that wasn't so much a punch as it was an attempted face snatch. Whatever it was, it was completely out of line. We really need to give this guy a pass. He lives in Michigan. It takes 30 minutes to thaw out your car just so you can go anywhere. I'm California Jim Rome who's stuck in the snow and I'm spinning my tires and it's getting worse and worse and worse. Son, I love you all very much. Curl up with your brother. I'm gonna spoon your mother and we're all gonna die right here in this car. Good night now! now. Ohio State Brad Underwood. You know, we're gonna push him to try to make them the best they can be and that means sometimes, Jim, you gotta get uncomfortable Ding. And you got to find out how you can grow and deal with adversity. Let's keep People it real. behind the Saudi golf league is, quote, scary mother to get involved with. You have to even try to blame it on the fact that he's been under undue pressure for the past decade, and now he needs some time off. Well, I agree with half that. Take as much time as you need. You know, toughen up. Ben Mesrek. Ten years from now, nobody's going to be using paper money, and we're not going to be using credit cards to a bank that we don't trust. So I will always remain bullish on crypto. It's two. 22-22. Clones, do whatever the hell you want. This is Urban Meyer. Needed to blow off some steam, okay? Mr. Radio Man, young co-ed approaches you and starts devastating your pelvis with her backfield. Romy. If I write Craig and Gary Gaetti, we're hanging out together in an alley, and someone drops a bagel, who do you think gets to that bagel first? And I run across Sarah Jessica Parker. What's up, girlfriend? Why the long face? I got two tickets to the next game against San Antonio. Nay, man. I hate the Spurs. Drop the fierce growler in her laundry basket. Wore Jeffrey Dahmer. You're a fat, unkept, balding piece of crap. Tell us your best guess on who is and who is not circumcised. Dick Vermeil, Hall of Famer. Did you feel like you wanted or needed to be in the Hall of Fame? How do you approach that angle? You know, that's a good question, Jim. No one's asked me that in that way. I've been asked a lot of questions about the Hall of Fame, but not in that way, you know? You know that sound. 
Can we do the jerk it segment? Beef o'clock. My beef, Jim, the University of Cal Irvine stealing Alvin's nickname, Alvy the Anteater. Extra skin equals extra pleasure. Ah! How the hell do you expect me to follow that? How about those brand new free 95 masks? You got the nice big imprint of that mask over your face and nose, having everyone around you think that you just recently performed oral sex on your wife or girl. Ah! Well, man, you, you did not just come in and try to talk oral. Twitter. Is that a time to die drop or is it time to die? <laughs> Signed that geriatric Muff. diver from LA. That unkempt 1973 muff. Dan Hurley is my guest. I do not recruit cartoon characters you know, that are more interested in their brand. The recruiting process is a circus. Is this player going to let me and let us coach him? All I've seen was guys going down the lane dunking on him time after time. You know, you play against Akeem and Mike, you can't be laid back. You guys try to pull their chest out like they trying to pull our chest out. Nick Nurse joining us. When we did have three or 4,000 fans in, they all came in to root for the other team. That was like a kick to the, you know, backside when, when that would happen. And, or and package. Then we, we come back. There's <laughs> 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 so much drama in the JTB. It's kind of like being Paul D.O. Double G. Somehow, somewhat, keep coming up with fancy face about every single day. Kind of like uh, Bob in L.A., I guess. Face first, all in, Jim, on all these sports outside. Run, the slow the hell down, man, or we will run your ass down. All sex with me. Logan, Logan, don't aim it, man. Let it go, dude. Come at that kid. Come at that kid. Yeah, I like this energy. Did I ever officially ban Tina Yothersmack? Thanks, Jim. You're the best. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate Wham, bam, right in the clown. Sweatpants with a boner. Oh, my family contract. I'm flaming them out. Free mustache ride t-shirts in his closet. It's Chad. Gave an enormous patch of pube. Thanks to my proclivities for snatching bait. I'm going to take the wolf. <laughs> One of these times we got to do it in person, Romy. I told you I'm built for performance. United, we're strong. Support Ukraine. Good night now! Yes, sir, Alvi. Yes, sir! Good night now!